0: stop putting pressure on me, or join a prayer group. I don't have time for that. I see all this happening when people become angry at the church for asking for them to do things like give to a charity, or serve on a ministry team, or join a prayer group. But the truth is, what they actually hate what people actually hate is that they don't, have the, they don't have enough conviction to break free from what is actually killing them, right? What they actually hate is the conviction. They hate that they feel convicted that they don't have enough inner conviction to break free from what is actually killing them. Wouldn't it be great if you could actually build your life where you had time margin, financial margin, energy margin. Wouldn't that be awesome? Where when somebody poor or human trafficked call comes up, you're like, man, we want to break somebody free. And you're like, I can do that. I can help make that happen. Wouldn't it be awesome to do that? You know what the enemy doesn't want? He doesn't ever want you in a place where you have the freedom to actually help. The enemy doesn't ever want you in a place where you actually have the freedom to help. Let's look at Zacchaeus. The wee little man, as you remember it from Sunday school. What a, what a title. It's like James the Lesser in the Bible. That's rough. What a rough name. All through history, James is known as James the Lesser. You know, Zacchaeus, the wee little man, that'll just be stuck with him. We'll get to heaven and for eternity, we'll be like, wee little man, what's up, dude? And I don't know. I mean, I don't know how wee he was. It's a rough title, right? Luke 19, 1 through 10, the story of Zacchaeus, which was read earlier. The Baals did a great job with that. He entered Jericho and was passing through. That phrase is actually really important. Uh, Jericho was this very sinful place. So Jesus goes to where the sin is, where the brokenness is. He makes that priority. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. Now, we don't know a lot about Zacchaeus the individual, but we do know a lot about chief tax collectors and tax collectors, and the scripture is very clear. That, like to tag this on, he was, as the scripture says, he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Like what a definition. I want it to be said of me, Mike was always seeking to see where Jesus is, where he's moving. But on account of the crowd, he could not see because he was small in stature. Oh, the ESV is so generous. I really like the other wee little man translations, but that's cool. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he looked up, or as he was about to pass by, for he was about to pass by. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully. And when they saw it, They all grumbled, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, behold, Lord, half of all my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Whoa. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. A couple of things from this that are important to note. One, Jericho, Jericho is known as a place of sin. Jesus goes into the places of sin. Jesus is seeking, looking for lost, hurting people. Another thing I think is important to note from this too is Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, that phrase, chief tax collector. We don't know a ton about Zacchaeus, the individual. There's some church history stuff that's interesting, uh, but we we don't know for sure. So I'm going to spend my time on the phrase, chief tax collector, which probably means to be... so. And literally the phrase chief tax collector means tax collectors. He is in the hierarchy. He is above them. So he's spending most of his time probably not collecting taxes. He's spending his time running with other chief tax or with other tax collectors. He's the, he's, he's middle management for Rome. He's not making the sales anymore. He's running the salesman. He's probably traveling around doing his fiduciary responsibility for Rome, making sure that each of the tax collectors is doing their thing. He's taking the tax collectors out to eat. He's like, hey, how's it going? How are things happening? Are you able to collect well? Are you, I mean, this guy is wealthy. In fact, there's probably a benefit to being a chief tax collector, not only in financial income because he's in management, but now he doesn't have to spend every day with the really grumpy Jews. He's now hanging out with the tax collectors that would love to be him one day. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector, probably middle-aged, so he'd been doing the tax collector thing for a while, and now he's moved into management. And he is extremely wealthy, according to history, tax collector, management of tax collectors. He knew people, or he knew deeply, the social norms of Rome. At this point, he is probably very likely more Roman than Jew, He knew what pleased the empire, and he could make it happen. He represents a highly successful, well-dressed, likely well-traveled to manage his tax collectors, valued by Rome, professional. Yeah, the Jews don't like him, but what's it matter to him? He's now spending all his time with tax collectors and Romans. Another thing that we can note from this Is something in him, in his very busy, constantly on the move, working for Rome, making money, taking advantage of the system. I mean, just he is climbing the ladder. He's successful. I mean, he he represents those of us that have like Christianity in our DNA. Maybe you grew up in the church. You have Christianity in your DNA. This is what he would represent in us. But you have so leaned into the secular system and climbed up the ladder and become so busy, if you were to be interviewed, Barna Research Group was to come to you and go, are you a Christian? You'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Zacchaeus, are you a Jew? Yeah, 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 I'm a Jew. Well, when's the last time you've been to synagogue? Oh, yeah. I go once a year. When's the last time you've been to church? Oh, Easter and Christmas, that's when I go. I'm a Christian, though. Like, it's in my DNA. I grew up. In the, my grandpa was a pastor. My aunt played the organ. I don't know. That's, that's not how organs sound. Praise the Lord. Right? It's in my blood. It's in my blood, but it's not in my heart. It's in my blood, but it's not in my, it's not in my heart. But something in him drew him to Jesus. He's like, I got got to see this. Don't dismiss this idea. Something in him drew him to Jesus. Right? We should cooperate with spiritual prompts that pull on us. We should cooperate with spiritual prompts that pull on us to Christ. I do think that God has this way, and I bet I bet everybody in this room, in fact, I'm going to invite Josh up and start pulling some of these ideas together. Uh, I bet everybody in this room, if you were to really pause and be still, I bet you'd remember a moment where you felt a little prompt or prick in your heart of the spirit. Or like, like, like for me, for example, um, last, uh, two weeks ago, I was working with an individual who has been battling, he's actually a friend of mine from years ago, battling with an, uh, some addiction stuff. And I just, man, I just want him to break free so bad. A guy I knew from high school, I want him to break free so bad. And my prayers for him have always been like, God, I pray that you just give him the strength. I mean, kind of, it's, it's a good Protestant pull yourself up by the bootstraps prayer. Like give him the discipline, the strength to be able to pull himself up and say no to the wrong things and say yes to the right things. And I felt this wild prompt. And, and by the way, I, I don't think those prayers are wrong necessarily, But I felt this prompt in my spirit, like I was literally in the house, and I felt this prompt in my spirit, like the Holy Spirit said, pray, he can't, he can't, he can't do it anymore, he can't, too many years of being reshaped, you need to pray that I would transform his will. That I would transform his will. Like, he can't save himself. You need to pray. That I would transform his heart. That's what you need to pray for. So I was really busy, and I got five kids, and life's really busy. And you know, we're potty training, you know, the the little one, and you know. So like, as I'm thinking this, this this little tiny thought pops in my head, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a good prayer. I, you know, I had to, I had to do this, and like, I like, go over there, I'm working, and so it, it leaves my mind. The little the little spiritual thought that I really do think was from God, it leaves my mind because I'm so busy. And I'm busy with good things. Hey, yo, it's good to be a dad and take care of your kids. I'm not busy with bad things. I'm busy with good things. And so I'm working on this. And then a little bit later on in the day, the Lord prompts me, don't pray that he can do it. Pray that I would do it in him. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I do need to spend time doing that. And then it's like, I got a text message. I'm like, oh, I got to take care of this at the office. So then I'm like texting back at the office. And then it's out of my mind again. And then a little bit later on in the day, the spirit like pricks my heart. And then finally, I was talking with my wife. I was like, honey, you know what? I got to leave all my stuff behind. I really think God wants me to, to pay attention to this. I got to, like, get my phone off me, get my watch off. Like, I got I to gotta get space and just let me go for a walk and be before the Lord. I need to turn off all these distractions for just a moment. And so it's like, get all this get all this noise off me, you know. like This is my passionate part. Get all this noise off me. I got to get the noise off of me. I'm not saying it's all bad. But I got to get the noise off me for a minute. I got to get outside, and I just start walking. And I'm like, Lord, I don't even know. Like, I've, I've literally given this, like, a total of 17 seconds of thought that I feel like you put in my heart to pray not that he would make good decisions if that's what I want ultimately but that you would transform his heart so he can make good decisions. See, I think there's a spiritual warfare with us as Christians and the spirit is constantly trying to whisper To join him in certain things. And the enemy, like mad, he's like calling out hell. He's like, Whoa, God's trying to talk to that person. Whatever you got, bring it down. You're hungry. Remind him that he would love to go get ice cream. Somebody, prompt that dude at the office to text him. Somebody right now, dude, poke that baby, make it cry, whatever, right? Like, do whatever you can. I mean, just distract, distract, distract. In fact, use good things so he feels good about ignoring God. Whoa. If Satan can't steal your heart, he'll steal your... If Satan can't steal your heart, he'll steal your... If Satan can't steal your heart, he'll steal your... your. You'll become so busy doing good things, you can't hear from God anymore. Jesus is for everyone, but he will leave no one the same. Jesus is for everyone, but he'll leave no one the same. To accept Jesus is to be changed by him. Listen, the greatest enemy of spiritual freedom To the busy, all right. I'm just gonna say this really clear the greatest enemy of spiritual freedom to the busy, wealthy, successful people in Jesus' day is the same for us. It's simply that you don't have time for Jesus. You just don't have time, you're not against him. Zacchaeus is a Jew been to synagogue at some point I mean you, you're a Christian your uncle was a pastor your grandpa planted a church your great aunt was an organ player you know, you, 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 I mean, and if somebody's to come and reach knock on your, are you a Christian yeah I'm a Christian but like you you don't actually do that it's not really who you are the way to say it really clear is to walk towards Christ, you will have to walk away from something. And so like the story of Zacchaeus, I mean, we, we miss, I think, the significance of this. We miss the significance of this. Zacchaeus breaks, he feels the whisper in his heart. I got to find Jesus. I got to see him. And instead of leaning away from that prompt, he leans into it. He leans into it. So much so that it grows in him. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna go. So just seize that kid. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna see what this Jesus thinks about. He gets out there and he's like, oh man, I can't see him. And the prompt is in his heart and he's like, I've got to make this happen. Whatever it takes, I gotta make this happen. And it grows stronger and stronger. And pretty soon, it's like he's picking up pace and he's getting frantic. This is not how wealthy, pious leaders look. And it's not the same. Like, that's not what they do. And pretty soon, he's like a little boy. I mean, all self-worth is gone. And he's climbing the tree like a kid. Just to see. I'm not asking if you're busy. I'm not asking if you're distracted. I guess what I'm asking is, have you finally gotten to the point where you could admit that the relentless worldly pursuits can't satisfy your heart? you actually at the point were when the whisper of God's spirit comes. You lean in and listen. I just want to ask this question, and I'll be done. Just just to reflect, okay? Because what worldly busyness? I I just want you to reflect on this. What worldly busyness? And by the way, again, I want to be really, really clear. I want to be really, really, really clear. I'm not saying that all of your busyness is evil. I'm not dichotomizing this. I'm not saying all of your busyness is evil, it's good. It is good for me to be busy at home with my five children, it's good. It is good for me to be present with my staff and engage, it's good. It's good for me to continue to grow in education, like it's good. I'm not saying these things are all bad. What I'm saying is, do you have Christ as high enough priority that when he begins to speak, you're like, hold on, I got I to be with the Lord. Is he high enough priority that you can look at this other busyness and go, that will not replace my prayer time? In fact, the reality is, if I don't spend time with the Lord, I can't do this well. You want me to be a good dad? Let me spend time with Jesus. You want me to run the church well? Let me spend time with Jesus. You want me to preach good sermons? Let me spend time with Jesus. I want you to run your business as well. So spend time with Jesus. I want you to be a great dad. So spend time with Jesus. I want you to be a phenomenal mom. So spend time with Jesus. I want you to know what it looks like to have financial margin to be able to give well and understand what you should and shouldn't be giving your money and time. Spend time with Jesus. I want you to be able to compass the busyness of this world well. And you can't do it without spending time with Jesus and leaning in and listening to him. can't do it. You don't gain time by ignoring Christ. You gain time and effectiveness by giving time to him. So I just want to pause with that question. What worldly busyness? I mean, maybe you need to write it down on XSF card. Even now, by your grace, Lord, let your Holy Spirit speak. What worldly busyness or people-pleasing is robbing you of being with Jesus and doing his work? Is there anything that the Lord puts in your spirit? And I'm just gonna even ask right now, God, by your grace, let your Holy Spirit speak in these last couple minutes and prompt in the minds of these people, is there someone, someplace, something, and you, God, in, in fact, in the name of Jesus, silence the enemy even if he's trying to use good things as a distraction from the greatest thing. And Lord, right now, speak in our hearts, is there something in each individual where some worldly busyness or people-pleasing is robbing them of being able to hear and do your work? And I pray that they would be able to identify it and lay it before you. I pray that you would give them a tactical thing that they could do. I pray if they can't find a tactical thing, at least God give them the ability to begin to pray about it. Jesus, in your name, you do whatever it would take to move him from successful, busy Zacchaeus to life transformed, full of hope and love Zacchaeus. You shift them from one to the other. So take some time before the Lord. And I just want you on your next steps card, just go before God. What worldly busyness or people pleasing is robbing you of being with Jesus and doing his work? Listen, I love you and I love that I get to be your pastor. Let God speak to you.